Welcome back. This is Gino, and uh, this is Native As I Can Be. And my very special guest, maybe the most special guest of all, is my mom, Karen. Mom, how are you doing? Doing good, Gino. She is joining us all the way from Missouri today. So you may be the furthest guest uh, geographically that I've ever had on the show, furthest away. Yeah, it's a long ways, trust me. <laughs> the reason you're on today is uh, we're, uh, you know, I've done an episode already about adoption with uh, Astrid and how she was uh, uh, essentially stolen from her mom in Colombia. Um, this story is not <laughs> not like that, but. It is an adoption story, and it is Adoption Awareness Month. So, um, but before we get into that, do you want to tell us a little bit what it was like? You grew up on Smith River in Southern Oregon with four sisters and, and no, I have five, five, five sisters, sisters and one brother. Mm-hmm. So, tell us a yeah. little bit what that was like. Kind of what your day was, your day-to-day life was like there on Smith River. Okay, we had um, a farm, and there were six of us girls, and then my brother was the baby, and we had a dairy farm, so it consists of milking cows and chasing cows, and it's a lot of physical work to it, and we're pretty secluded. We, We lived like 10 miles from town, so we didn't go to town very often. Going to school was our trip to town. And there was usually a lot of family around. There was, I had grandmas that lived with us, great grandmas that lived with us, and cousins were always popping in and out during the summer. So what time? What time would your day start normally? Well, it depends. Sometimes, because my dad had to, he had to log also, so he'd have to catch a crummy. So sometimes we'd have to get up. I didn't even know what time it would be. It would be dark, and we'd go out and help him bring the cows in and get the cows milked, and um, usually on weekends. Um, the nurse always had to do, and at night, the same thing, get the cows back in and uh, take them down. We'd take turns, whoever's turn it was, to help my dad milk them, and then we had to feed hay to him. And um, In the summer, there was lots of, we did a lot of hay in for the, the cows, and big gardens it was we kept busy was the idea behind having so many kids just so they had a built-in workforce is that you know i don't don't really know i don't know because if my dad was trying to have that boy and it was the last one coming if they'd had a boy first maybe we would have quit but we worked. We worked when we was very young. That's just what you did. You chopped the wood. We went out and hauled wood. We and we never, never thought anything about it. It's just what you did. It was our job. We did it. And I don't think anybody is upset about any of that. We we all have a good worth worth ethics because of that. I'm sure. Um, in Reedsport, was there at that time? Was there a lot of kids doing that? I think all the you know the kids that lived out of town they all did sure they all they all worked hard there were big farms and times were tough down there a lot of dads had to work outside the farms so that put the burden on um, you know the rest of the family when they had to go catch a crummy instead of you know staying home and working during the haying season it would just be my mom and us girls and well there <laughs> my brother but it would 
just be us. And sometimes cousins would be coming by and helping us out. And my dad's dad, my granddad lived down the road, and he'd come up once in a while and help us put the machinery back together again. But we basically did it. And at one time, we did shad fishing which would go out in the middle of the night on the river and put these great big nets out across the river. And we did that, and we'd have to go back out early morning and pick them all back up again. And then during the day, we'd have to go pull all the nets up on docks and string them all out and mend any tears and stuff in them. What would you do with all those? There was a place that we sold them downtown. There was, I mean, it would be a boatload of of shad and it was to make uh grandpa lyle had polio right as a kid yes he did yeah it was never talked about in fact we didn't even know he had polio till somebody mentioned it to us when we were in high school he told us he was a cowboy and he was bow-legged and we that's what we believed because they didn't talk about health problems and stuff like that everything was hushed up so we had no idea he had polio till we were teenagers late teenagers he told one sister that it was because he kept going around a hill a mountain the same direction all the time <laughs> <laughs> so his leg were shorter but yeah he had polio one leg was a lot shorter and um he'd had several surgeries in him before him and my mom got married and trying to fix it they put weights on it trying to make one brown different things but of course nothing worked but yeah he, but he got along fine he never he it never slowed him down it just made everything more challenging i think yeah he had a very distinctive limp but i yeah. I, I never remember him him or grandma really um they were pretty active you know really yeah. for right. as long as i'd known him and and you know, they were always walking and hiking and doing all kinds of stuff, They were, which was pretty admirable. It was, and, uh, you know, as he got older, but what happened, it wouldn't be his his bad leg. It would be because of the, the leg that was a normal size. It would be at such an angle trying to make up for the short leg that he would wear out his knees and hips and stuff, so he'd have to get them replaced. But it was more on his good leg than his bad leg is just the way it was. But he never never complained until he got older and it got to hurt quite a bit. Then he started complained a little bit, but not much. He wasn't a complainer. He complained more about having a cold than he would for pain. Could probably do. Uh, he he was a really interesting. Um, there there could be. You could go an hour just talking about him and grandma. They they had a really interesting life. It, and uh, they did. And they were super cool to the grandkids all the time. Used to love going and hanging out with them because uh, I uh, at Grandpa's funeral I remember I wore a Blazers shirt because that was kind of our kind of our thing was hanging out and listening to Blazer games and watching Blazer games and so he's yep. responsible. I could trace can trace all my Blazer love back back to him. We we listened yeah. to all of them. I think you probably enjoyed it more than we did because he had to work so much. In the mornings, unless we were down helping him, we didn't see him. We'd go to school and not see him. We got off the bus. We'd go and get the cows in. And if it wasn't our turn to, to help with the milking, then we probably wouldn't even see him. Because he he'd come in late and we'd already be in bed. 
Um, so our big deal was on Sundays, we always had Sunday dinner, and we'd have it at 2 o'clock. That way the whole family could be there, and that was always a great big deal to, on Sunday to have dinner together. So, But he didn't have a lot of time to spend with us. But we, you know, was, we got rid of the dairy farm then he went to beef and he had a lot more time and we did we went camping i remember when we went camping when he was milking cows we would load up and head up to some park and then when it came afternoon him and one of the girls would have to go back down to the farm and milk the cows and then come back up that night or the next day or something because you can't skip milk and cows. Somebody had to do it. So mm-hmm. he did that. He tried to spend time with us. And lots of times when it wasn't our turn to work at the barn, we'd all end up down there because he always listened to music. And he had a big old chart made down there, the hit parade that they uh, played on the radio every Saturday night. And mm-hmm. we were all down there. And he sang and he told us stories to kill time. And he didn't make things ugly. It, it was okay. But did you like living in Reedsport overall? I guess you weren't in Reedsport, but... No. <laughs> no, I don't. I like living out of town. I didn't then, of course. But now I look back and I thought, well, if I'd been in town, I probably would have been bored to death. Because, you know, up the river, we was always doing something. Probably things we shouldn't be, but probably nothing that would hurt anybody. So, um, kept us out of trouble, and we kept busy all the time. We'd swim the river, and there was always always something we could find to do. We had horses, and uh, and Reesport is a pretty small town, not much to do down there. It's funny to me that that's how you grew up, and I'm I'm pretty staunchly kind of a city kid. Yeah, you're definitely. (laughs) (laughs) I fell fell way far from the tree, as far as that goes. Um, moving on to, uh, your teen years. So how old were you when you found out you were pregnant with Bill? I was 19 and I was living up in Portland. I just moved up there and was staying with Dixie, my older sister, and working up there and found out I was pregnant then. And didn't you graduate when you were, you graduated at 17, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. And did you split right soon after that? I like the next day, <laughs> maybe that night. <laughs> what was the appeal uh, to to move to Portland? Well, I just thought if I didn't, I would be expected to, you know, marry the neighbor boy and keep on milking cows the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted something bigger and better. I wanted to see something besides the city limits of Reedsport. I just wanted to go and experience and see things what number were you in the were you the second second oldest yes or, and so she had already gone and, and established herself and said come on up yeah she was married and living down by taggart i don't know if she said come on up i think my girlfriend and i went and stuck a thumbs out and he tagged up there and called her when we got to parlin and said we're here <laughs> oh wow did you did you let them know you were leaving or did you Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I knew I thought that, but see, I was only 17. And so it wasn't really an option. And plus, um, you know, it's so far from town, you couldn't really work unless everybody had their own car. And most of the time we had one car, maybe two. So I couldn't even go to work. I was just 
sitting there on the farm, so it's time to go. They didn't have any problem with you hitchhiking to Portland? They didn't know. Oh, they didn't know. Okay, that's what I, that's what I was asking, is if, if you had let them know you were, were taken off. Yeah, no, no. no, I think I probably told my stand with my friend, and my friend probably said, she's staying with me, and mm-hmm. then we got there, we called them and immediately and told them, and not much they could do about it, and they didn't do anything about it, and I went right to work, and everything was fine. I guess we wasn't smart enough to know not to hitchhike, but we got a, we got a truck right out there on 101, and he took us all the way up to Portland. So how did you, um, how did you meet Bill's dad, Dan? Right, Dan is. His yeah, like, yeah. I went to school with him. Oh, and he ha- and he was up in Portland. No, also? he was. No, he was. Uh, he was in the service. I mean, we was together, but he had to go in the service. And I can't really remember if I was pregnant before he went and didn't know it, or if he came home on leave, or I can't remember what the deal was. But he was over in Vietnam. He's in the Marines. So I didn't know what to do, and I called my mom, and she called my sister, I think. Anyway, they figured out to uh, I need to go to a home for unwed mothers because Dan wasn't going to be home soon, and there I was by myself. And uh, so I, they put me in a home for unwed mothers, and that's mm-hmm. where I, I stayed. And you stayed there while you were pregnant? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, I did. It, but they had a program there that uh, people up there can uh, hire you out to like live with them and help take care of their family and stuff. And you get a whole twenty dollars a month. I mean, twenty dollars a week for doing that. But it gets you out of the the place where I was staying because it wasn't it wasn't very comfortable. And so I went and stayed with this family, and they had uh, three or four kids, and they were both school teachers. And so I stayed there until it was time to have the baby, and then I uh, went back over to the to the home and had the baby. And then when the baby was gone, I ended up going back there and staying for a month and trying to figure out what to do. Just the name of it, uh, you know, the home for unwed mothers. It just sounds so like old school and you know harsh. Yeah, it was, and the um, they didn't have parenting classes or birthing classes, and there was little kids in there, like twelve, thirteen years old, and uh, pregnant. Oh, and I was scared. I hadn't been around when my mom was pregnant. We didn't even know she was pregnant. Pretty soon there would be another baby. <laughs> but it was just something no one talked about. And uh, But the, the hot, it was pretty, uh, it's, it's like a little residential motel sort of thing, I guess. But uh, the hospital, when we went in to have the baby, it just seemed dirty. And I was in labor forever. And... They don't really give you lots of pain medicine, and the nurses were cranky, and I was scared to death. And they didn't tell us breathe. They didn't tell us what to expect. We just thought go in, have a baby, and you know leave. But it wasn't mm-hmm. like that. It was uh, it, it was not a good experience. <laughs> it was scary. So was your plan all along to 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 place them in adoption, or, or? yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I never thought about um, 
Well, I, I don't like abortions, so I never, never passed my mind to do that. But I just never, I didn't know there are social services. I didn't know I could get any help to uh, support the baby. And I just thought I have nothing to offer. You know, I'm just out of high school and not working now. And I didn't even have a car, nothing. I could not, there's no way I could take care of him. So, mm-hmm. and these guys promised this. It was called, well, I can't remember the name of it, but they came in and talked to me and made these promises. And um, it's going to a good home, and he is going to a good home and everything. So, I just thought that was probably the best option, the only option, actually. And so I took it. Did you meet the, the would be parents? No, I didn't. Um, they told me about him, and the, up there in that home, there was this, like, attic sort of place, and it had some machines, and we could go up there and sell, so I made a whole bunch of diapers and T-shirts, mm-hmm. and he got to take those with him, and when you had the baby, you said you were there for, like, 10 days taking care of him, and then they took him, and then one morning, he was gone. Wow. Well, yeah, that was a little that was a little hard because you start getting attached. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, and is that kind of just standard? Just I don't think it is anymore. I think back then, I don't know, it's whatever mood they're in or something. I don't know, but um, yeah. And so then he was just gone. Mm-hmm. But they did um, take my information and they pass it on to the parents. And leave it up to, I mean, the adopted parents and mm-hmm. tell them that I want the baby to have contact with me if he ever wants to. And so that's how how they pretty much found me. You told them that you would like it if he tried yeah. to contact you later? Right. And Jody and I have been looking for years and years trying to, trying to find him, but we never had any luck. And... Uh, Bill, my son, he, um, he, his mom had my information all along, I guess, but she didn't really want to share it. And finally, not too long ago, he demanded it, and she gave it to him, and he found me on Christmas Eve a couple of years ago. Yeah, I've, uh, me and Laura have talked about this, and Laura kind of um, enlightened me because this is kind of, you know, what she does. You know, she's an right. adoption specialist and works in adoption and maternity and all that and surrogacy. And, you know, and I had thought, um, you know, my opinion was like, well, if he doesn't want to meet anybody in the family, that's on him. Fine with me. No, I, you know, it's not really my business. But she kind of said, I think it's important that he does because or anybody does because that's right. part of who you are. And that's yeah. part of your makeup, you know, genetically and otherwise. And. I just I just hadn't really thought of it as uh, being important, but she definitely thinks it is, and I think she's got a point. I think the the scary thing was when he sent me this email with, with my mom, and uh, he sent me this email explaining who he was, and I thought, oh my gosh, is he angry? Is he turned into somebody that's going to, you know, chop my head off, or what's going to happen? I didn't know how he felt. I was scared mm-hmm. to death, and. I wanted to think, hey, this is good, but part of me is going, I read too many books, that's it. Mm-hmm. But, so I got a hold of Jody and sent her a copy of what he wrote. So she got hold of him 
and talk to him and said, no, he's not bitter. He understands 100% and he does. And he had no, no bad feelings. He has really good parents and he's doing fine. So he's, he's really close to his mom, his, his, his adoptive mom. So, yeah. And he has no bad feelings, and we're probably never going to have the tightness that him and his adoptive mom have because she's been his mom forever. Right. But it's just good to know that he's alive and well and no no bad feelings, and he's got a daughter and a little grandbaby right now. Right. Well, and then, of course, um, Jen, my oldest sister, and him share the same dad, and it's interesting that out of... You know, him, Jen, Jody, me, Kobe, they're the only ones that share the same uh, father, right? Well, it's nice of you to bring that up. Huh? Nice of you to bring that up. Well, I just... <laughs> yeah, they had the same uh, same parents, and that's part of the reason why I thought Bill would be so angry, because a year later I have another baby by the same dad, and I kept her. Right. By then, I was smarter I knew I couldn't go through that again, just, you know, waking up one day and the baby's gone. And, uh, you know, I, I knew about, I could get help if I needed help. And I knew there was people that, that would reach out that helped me. So it made a, a big, big difference. And, and I still raised Jennifer totally by myself. But right. uh, but it worked out okay. And I, I, that's what my biggest thing. I thought Bill would not understand that, but he seems to. He, he's he said he understood and and that was fine so does he understand with maybe some hard feelings or is he just like you know i get it that's how it was and um yeah that's that's how i that's how i'm taking it is he just accepts it mm-hmm. you know it's not it's not good or bad it is what it is and you know he he probably if he had been put with really horrible parents it might have been a different story but he has yeah. no bad feelings about about anything and yeah he's he seems okay and i think he'd rather you know be put in a, a good family than drug around me trying to figure out what we're gonna do yeah so. and she seemed like a nice lady what's his mom's name sandra sandra yeah we met yeah. we met that yeah. one time she but seemed it, nice yeah yeah she's super nice super nice um, yeah she spoils them pretty bad huh? <laughs> Well, what, what, have you had many conversations with her about um, Bill or about the adoption since then? Yeah, we've talked quite a bit about it and uh, uh, talked to her a lot. And, uh, you know, her her fear was I was going to move back in and try to replace her, which I never would. That's his mom. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, she was, they were an older couple when they adopted, and which surprised me. But, I don't know. They just loved him. The minute they got him, she sent me pictures of him and when uh, of him and his dad and her, and so, so it worked out good. Oh, well, how long ago was it that uh, he got a hold of you? Was it how many yep. years? So it was um, a year ago, two years ago, Christmas. It'll be two years on Christmas Eve. Oh, just two years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is his dad still alive? No, his dad died. Well, his dad died like a few weeks after I met, after I hooked up with Bill. 
he was in the hospital and when I was talking to him, in fact, and yeah, so it was, it was real recent. Well, so the experience wasn't necessarily pleasant. Do you, do you still feel like it was the right thing to do? Yeah, there's lots of things I would have done different. And uh, I think, I think now, I think there's more um, programs geared to this sort of thing that could have reached out and helped. And I could have gotten to some classes to figure out what in the heck I'm doing. I could have found out, yeah, I can raise a, a baby. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not something I can't do. Mm-hmm. And I think the opportunity is easier now. It's not a big deal to have a baby and being single back then. It was it was pretty uh, not common. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you did it with all of us, really, you know, on your own. Yeah. And uh, we all turned out pretty good, I think. Um, yeah, I did too. I did too. <laughs> what, do you think that the program was really, I don't know how I want to say it, were they just trying to, to you know, were just, just get, child, just... get children for adoption and they were trying to make that, just happen and it wasn't really about helping the ma the mothers um succeed it was was it more of kind of just a adoption farm right yep I, that's i've thought that a lot and uh, you know i can't say that's what happened but that's when i think back on it i think you know they could have told me there was other options but they didn't they kind of brush over and well this is what you need to do and I trust everybody a hundred times, and so I thought, well, they're professionals. They know what they're talking. I keep thinking about those little twelve-year-old girls that were in there. That how, how horrible and scary that must have been for them, because we're all, you know, we're shipped in from all over Oregon, so nobody come to visit yet. There's no family popping in to see you or anything. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know. I wonder that a lot myself if that's what was going on because they just didn't leave much room for any other options. And I met um, two of the girls I went to school with. Uh, they had gone to the same place and done the same thing, just like months or so before me or after me. It was it was funny. It was uh, and they. They said the same thing. They didn't know what else to do, and this is what they were advised to do. So that's what they did. And and did your uh, did did grandpa and grandma did they know what? Well, I guess you said you called grandma, right? Yeah, yeah. And did they did they just did they just back up? Like, no, just put them up for adoption. There's nothing else to do. Um, pretty much, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is nothing they wanted to, to bring home and. They didn't. They probably didn't know any more than I did mm-hmm. about other options. So I don't know. I I think uh, yeah, they was pretty unhappy with me, yeah. <laughs> but they got over it. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, so how much younger is Jen than Bill? Is it a year or a couple of years? One year. One year. One year. Couple days. So what was what was different between? The year, the year that he, you were pregnant with him and a year later in your life, were you just in a better place or just had a better understanding of what you could do? Uh, I think um, I think when I woke up and saw that baby gone out of the bed, then uh, it just kind of changed me as a person. I just decided, no, I'm, 
you know, don't boss me around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, so it's, you know, three months later when Dan came home on leave, I ended up pregnant and he was in the Marines forever. And uh, it seemed like, and uh, my mother's dad and his wife had, had, they lived in Minnesota and they were coming down to visit and they said well we're going to take her back there with us and so I said okay because I had nothing else to do and so I went back there and I guess the whole plan then was same thing give the baby up for adoption nobody will know but um, I went to that hospital and I said no I'm taking it home with me and I did and my um my granddad and his wife were both real supportive to that idea. Uh, she got me material to make baby clothes and blankets and stuff, and they were real supportive to that idea. So they didn't try to talk me out of it or anything. And then when I went home, they took me back home. And uh, I remember I called my dad and I said, Dad, I'm stuck up here and I don't know where I'm at. Can you just come and get me? He said, okay, I'll come and get you. Where are you at? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I knew all was forgiven. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I keep, I'm just, I'm just imagining being in this home. And of course, I'm picturing it being like all cement and, yeah. you know, white linen bunk beds and, and, uh, you and we know, had single beds. Yeah, single beds and like nurse ratchet and then you wake up and okay. and, the, and the baby's gone. And I'm just like it's like breaking my heart just to to think of that you know after 10 days even. Yeah. And you know cuz I know how much I love my kids and you know even the one that isn't mine and um Yeah. Just like uh that that one is hurting and I can see how in no Changes. way would you want to go through that again. Okay, she's big, but uh, there was a nurse there, and she was about four foot tall, and she had heavy eyebrows and black bangs. That's all I remember. <laughs> and we called her Nurse Hatchet. Hatchet. <laughs> Hatchet. And when we go over there, we was not allowed to talk. We had to stand in line because we'd all have to go together for a key test or whatever was going on, and. Mm -hmm. Uh, she would have us in line. We <laughs> wasn't allowed to say one word to each other, except for when we're in our own rooms and we could talk. We could there's a you know a community room we could talk, but if we're anywhere else, we in the halls or anything, no talking, eating lunch, no talking. Yeah, that yeah. sounds real comfortable. Yeah, it's probably changed a lot now. I'm sure. Well, I would hope. Uh... <laughs> I'm sure they'd be on the news if it were still like that. Yeah. But I yeah. mean, you know, in, in talking to Laura, there's still a lot of, you know, shady stuff that goes on with adoption, even here in the yeah. in the States. There's just a lot of, yeah. Uh, I don't know if black market's the right word for it, but, you know, there's some, some stuff going on. And uh, especially internationally, I think it's worse. But, yeah, um, I think so. It's, that's that's I, I haven't heard most of this stuff before. I mean, yeah. I kind of knew about it, but I, I didn't know the, the particulars. Um, and I never um, never tried keeping it a secret because they always come back and knock you out. So I try not to keep a secret, but you know, it's hard to talk about. 
Yeah. And always felt like people were judging me, especially when I had Jennifer and I kept her. Well, why'd you keep her and not Bill? And mm-hmm. nobody gets it. I just couldn't do it again. So. Yeah. And so, um, so when Jen was born, were you were you back in Reedsport or were you up in Portland again? I was in Portland. Yeah. When did you go back to Reedsport? I don't know. I've been back and forth there a million times. Yeah. Yeah, I never settled very long, very, very much. Mm-hmm. A couple of years, I'm good. We ended up, I spent, we were in Reedsport until, I think, eighth grade, eighth or ninth grade for me, from being in Astoria for a little bit, which I don't remember at all, so I don't uh, yeah. don't have anything to say. We were there a couple of years. Well, you were born there, and then, yeah, a couple of years, then we moved down to Reedsport, and... Uh, you went to school there, and then we moved over to Arizona, and you said you hated me, you hated Arizona, and when you're 18, you're leaving, and you're going back to Reese Point, and then you loved Arizona, Yeah, <laughs> never going back to Reese Point. <laughs> yeah. Which I never did, and uh, well, I was just more upset we were moving in the middle of basketball season, Yeah, and then I remember coach, Coach Palermo. He said, uh, well, do you know, do you think your mom would let you live with us until the end of basketball season? And I I didn't like that idea. I actually was kind of creeped out by that idea. So I was yeah. like, nah, I think I'll just go. But, I mean, that bothered me. But then, you know, once I got to Arizona and it was like a whole new world, you know, it was big. Yeah. And, I, you know, I got to drive, you know, right after we moved yeah. there. And, I, you know, and then it became like, oh, okay, yeah, this isn't so bad. But then – but then the funny thing was, is once I left Arizona, I never went back to Arizona either. I know. So. <laughs> but when you got to Idaho, it was like, because you came there out of the service and you're mm-hmm. going, why in the hell are we here? Right. <laughs> and then pretty soon it's, I love Idaho. I'll never leave Idaho. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I left Idaho. But then Idaho, I did go back. But Yeah. But um, so in Arizona, I think it was around... Um, I don't know, 96? Is that when, 95, 96, oh. is that when Kobe came into the picture? Yeah, probably, uh, yeah, about 94. He's about two and a half. And so how did you hear, I mean, he, I, I don't want to get too much into uh, what was going on with him and at the time, but at some point you heard maybe they were going to place him in a in an adoption or a foster care situation? No, uh, Kobe was my great nephew, and I have been around him quite a bit, and my husband, and we just loved him, and he was so funny and always laughing, and we just thought he's a great kid, and the mom was going through struggles of her own with her with someone, and uh, mm-hmm. just not doing well, and so we at that time, and my husband was still alive said, well, how about we keep him? And she would bring him up for a few days, but she'd come back and get him. And then my husband passed away, and then I decided to move to Arizona. And she was going through really tough times, not making 100% good choices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so I asked her again, and about two days before I left, if I could take him with me and no, no, no. So then, after I got there, then uh, I kept hearing that she wasn't doing well and this and that. And she, he ended up with my sister. 
and my sister's husband was sick, and he was a construction worker, the kind that go from town to town. Mm-hmm. He was working on the pipeline, I think, and so they couldn't really keep him, and I said, I'll take him if I can do it for Keats, yeah. and so she got hold of, uh, of her daughter and asked her, and she said, okay, so I went ahead and had the papers drawn up, and pick him up with from my sister had him since and that was in weren't they in northern california somewhere something like that yeah i think i keep thinking they were down by baker or somewhere that's what i was thinking stockton yeah. or something yeah because i remember i didn't go but my friend ian went with you i'm pretty sure yeah somebody did i remember and i wasn't psyched about it i, I don't remember <laughs> i don't know I, I didn't like the idea of having a little brother at the time and probably um, not uh I caught on real quick because he, he was fun. He, he, I'm sure he, yeah. he, he was just funny and he had all kinds of energy. And yeah. like uh, what used to crack me up is when he would get, you know, really tired and start melting down, he would just kind of be laughing, you know, just kind of <laughs> doing this kind of pathetic half awake, half asleep laughing. And, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, and then me and him, cause you would work, didn't you work like every other Saturday or something like that? Yeah, something like that. I think yeah. I worked four days off on and then four days off or something. Yeah, so me and him would end up spending quite a bit of time together. And I remember I'd, I'd end up dropping him at daycare and picking him up and hanging out on those Saturdays. And, you know, so we. And could, I remember you taking him to the malls and using them as, as um, a, a date date. Oh, yeah. I took Yeah, him, yeah that was. <laughs> I think that was that was pretty um you know that was like bringing a puppy or something to the mall. Yeah. You had that bright red hair and bright big you know, green eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um uh so what do you think though? I mean um so you just had built a relationship with them previously when Willie was around and you just didn't want him to to go through the system or what was your kind of decision? Well, I was just kind of I don't know, I, I just thought he's an awesome kid. He stayed with my sister a lot, my other sister a lot, too. And uh, I don't know, we just liked him and thought he needed a home. And I thought I could give him one. So I think my husband had just passed away, too. So I was kind of at loose ends and kind of mm-hmm. filled up gaps in my life. Was there any, like, um, feeling of like redemption since you had already placed a child for it for an adoption was there any like feeling of like i'm making up for a, a not necessarily a past mistake but a you know something no uh, no it totally um didn't have nothing to do with it it was like it was like two separate lives when i had bill it was like when after i had him my life there was over then i just started all over again with jennifer it was just uh, just something bad that happened and the baby was gone and I had to move on and I was a stronger person and that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Does he talk to, to his mom still or do you talk to his mom still? Kobe's, I mean? I haven't talked to uh, Tammy for quite a while, but I talked to her mom a couple of days ago and she's doing really super good. She's got it together and she's helping take care of her nephews and 
she's really, really done a lot of growing up, and she's become a, a very good person. And Gino's had relationships on and off, but it was mostly when he was a teenager, and uh, he kind of would pit us against each other. You know, she would say, come up here, and you could drive my Dodge pickup without a license, and yeah. I'd be down here, and no, you're not. And <laughs> so he kind of pitted us against each other, but, you know, she, she she's okay, and I don't think... Uh, I don't think he has much of a relationship with her. I think, you know, he she's been around to see the baby a few times, but I don't think they have a, a real closeness. But. Mm-hmm. One thing that uh, was always, um, that, you know, kind of watching f- from my angle was that um, you definitely were the, the right person to come into his life because you went to bat for him more times than I and than I than I can even count, and I'm sure there was some I didn't even know about. But I remember constant, you know, appointments with doctors over meds and over, you know, this and that, and at school, and and always um, having his back when yeah. he had a lot of lots and lots of emotional problems, and uh, you know where they where they stem from exactly, I don't know, but he did. He he didn't want to get too close to anybody, but he didn't want you to go away either. So mm-hmm. he's, he's just really a confused, angry little boy. And, yeah. And that doesn't, doesn't leave very easy. What I find <laughs> interesting is, um, this kind of happens with McCunny sometimes where he'll kind of wild out and throw a chair or, you know, start cussing yeah. somebody out. And, and, uh, when you know him, or even when you don't know him, you kind of go, "Really, him?" <laughs> you know, he's a sweetheart. He's adorable. He's funny. Yeah. Like, and you just kind of, and it's kind of hard to get those two things to match up. You know, right. like, how can that? Uh, but then you can. But um, it's like he reserves that behavior. Um, exactly. They don't. I don't think they outgrow the anger. Mm-hmm. I think they learn to live with it they learn to live around it they learn to control it a little better but i think it's always going to be buried down in there i just don't think it goes away mm-hmm. it's just there it's just you know they just have to learn how to fine-tune it so they can get on with their life the best they can did anybody have reservations about you bring him in and and, and adopting him anybody nope. in the family or nope nope everybody thought it was a great idea that's good yeah, yeah. I've always uh, always had kids at my house, and always liked kids. And all my kids had friends that were at the house all the time. And when we lived in Reesport, it's a couple times even when the police would bring up these teenage girls and say, "You know, their parents are having a bad night. I don't want to take these kids because they'll get in the." system can they just spend the night here and they yeah. would spend the night with us and so i think everybody trusted me as a as a parent there was there was lots of kids around i remember in high school my friend ian he was always around to the point yeah. where we were having his birthday at our house you know yeah. he was there on you know like christmas morning and, right um yeah, it was always kid friendly. The house, especially yeah. in Reesport, I mean, that house was gigantic. And I, um, 
the Christmases and things we used to have when everybody would pile in. It was like the only yeah. house big enough to accommodate all those people. But those were so fun to me. Yeah. Just all that yeah. family there. And it was always just food and laughing and wrestling yeah. with cousins. And it was good. It was fun. That's what I yeah. remember about that. And uh, But uh, Arizona was a, was a different place. And I can't believe somebody as fair-skinned as Kobe survived down there in that heat in that sun I know. That's... and never never burned except well one time no he didn't burn he he's never burnt he was that uh, good one time one time my sister phyllis his aunt and myself and him was um had tubes and was going down the river in roseburg and we had a lot of sun but he was on a lot of medication then, mm-hmm. and for some reason, he just blistered his whole body, just blistered, and we don't know if it's because of the medication he took or what, but oh my gosh, he was so miserable. It was horrible. But I don't know, that's the only time he's ever burned. But So so in both cases, would you do, would you do the same thing either time? Or would no. You, no, no, there's no way I would do that. Give up a baby again? I don't care what I'd have to do. I'd figure out a way. That's that's just too horrible. And I'll tell you, until I, you know, we finally met up. And he's almost fifty, mm-hmm. and uh, until we met up, every time when I was little, I'd see a baby. I wonder if that's him. You know, as his uh, age, as yeah. he crosses, every time I see somebody, I wonder if that's him. And when he was born, there was a little trouble, and he had these red marks on his head where they had to gently pull him out. And mm-hmm. uh, I thought, maybe they'll say, and I'll recognize him from that. Yeah. So I'm always watching for those red marks on people, and of course, they went away. But uh, no, for forever, you just... Keep looking, keep looking, thinking that could be him. And then you think, oh, no, what if something happened to him? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's never it's never a closed book. So, What went through your head when you got that uh, message from him after all those years? I was just stunned. And, and my mom was there and made it... Uh, probably a little more difficult than it could have been but my first thought was oh my gosh how cool and then my second thought was is this a fake my third thought was what if he's just angry at me so Mm -hmm. those three thoughts went through my head instantly just bam 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 Mm -hmm. (laughs) did the message did that ease any of that or did the did the message leave you confused or what was well that's like? when that's when i got hold of i sent it to jody and she went and emailed him and she questioned him really good because she had all the info and i was at my mom so i didn't know um the adoption agency or anything to to verify anything he was saying and she did she had it at her house so she talked to him and she said it's him that's your son wow <laughs> Yeah. What did she think about all that? She's pretty excited. Yeah. And it's so funny because her and him are half, but mm-hmm. they are so much alike. Their religion, same thoughts on that. Yeah. Politics, same thoughts. They both think they're smart, smart, smart. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, their personalities are so much alike. It's, it's just funny. That you know they wasn't even raised in the same house, yeah. and and they they're so much alike. It's 
That's really odd. And now, yeah, you mentioned he's got a daughter and now a granddaughter. Do you do you speak to the daughter very often? The grand, she's got a grandson. Or grandson, sorry, yeah. Yeah, I talk to her about once a, once a week or every other week or something. I'll send her a note and see how school's going and jobs like that. It's going, just generalize it, try not to get overbearing and mm-hmm. stuff, but just let her know I'm thinking about her and the, the baby. So it just, it's it's interesting. You reunite and it, it creates a whole new family. Yeah. Extended family because. Extended, yeah. I mean, Sandra, I mean, I liked her right off. And uh, it just seems like I've known each other forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she came to our Mother's Day. And that's how we met her on Mother's Day. So. Yeah. That yeah, was a pretty good. big moment to have all. I, um, yeah. most of us there but yeah to meet her yeah she was nice um, and to meet Bill he was nice and, and his and the daughter his, yeah and yeah I didn't really know what to expect and I was not I really I don't think any of us did <laughs> yeah and I wasn't I don't know nervous isn't the right word but I just was like I don't know I don't know what's gonna happen and how you know weird yeah. is this gonna be or is it gonna be like is it just gonna click instantly and yeah um and it, I don't know. I don't think either of those things happened, actually. But right, yeah, yeah, it turned out good. And uh, I think you know, if we never said another word to each other again, I think it just brought us both a lot of satisfaction, knowing, knowing that you know he knows I'm his mom and why and what. I answered questions, and I know he's grown up to be a fine young man or old man now. <laughs> 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 and uh, you know, I just think it it brought us a lot of closure that we both needed. So, mm-hmm. and so he said, kind of right off the bat, that he knew why you did what you did, and um, yeah, and he never he hasn't come at you with that. No. Wow, that's that's good. And, yeah. But I wonder if that came with age, or if if. No, I know. think that's he said that's how his mom explained it to him. Yeah, yeah, she's never badmouthed me or nothing. She just told him I was young and couldn't take care and put him in a, a home that could. So, yeah, I give her 100% credit on that. That's awesome. Yeah, that was good. Well, we're almost out of time. Is there, uh, here's something I want to bring up that you, you brought up earlier that doesn't have anything to do with uh, the adoption, but I really liked the question, and it was... Uh, you said earlier today before we were recording about um, how you were kind of like in the peace and love generation and everybody was equal and uh, you know how do you bring up somebody how do you help how do you have someone acknowledge their roots which in my case is Native American and honor those traditions and teach them to be proud of their heritage while also saying everybody's equal. And I thought that was a really interesting question because you had said you were worried uh, when I asked you to be on the podcast that it was going to be me pinging you about raising me more native when you were or something to that effect. Yeah. Um, you have any thoughts on that? No, I, I mean, I still, I still don't know what my question is and I don't know what my answer is. I'm just thinking, you know, we... I tried to influence you with Native American as much as I could be in white, but um, at the same time, I want you to be just as proud of 
you know, my side of the family too, even though right. we're a bunch of screwballs and mixed breeds, <laughs> whatever. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I just, uh, and I wonder how, because I do think heritage is important. Uh, mm-hmm. Jody's dad is a hundred percent German. I think that's pretty cool that, yeah. uh, cause you don't get, you don't get that anymore, but at the same time, we're all equal. So does it really matter or is it just a personal growth thing that you need to, to figure out yourself or, you know, I just, I don't know. It, um, we were taught one way for years and never taught another way for years and I'm going to be taught another way for years. And so it's all kind of confusing. And, and I wonder what, what is the trend right now? Are we supposed to be, you know, well, you're like 132 is, whatever so that makes you great or is it like yeah. well you're 132 at this you're 132 at that you're 132 at this and mm-hmm. you know so on down the road which is more important so or is it just who cares and let it go right well i always thought um in hindsight and even back in the day like uh uh you did uh teach me and and tell me to be proud of it and and you you um uh, you gave me what you knew and, and, you know, and, um, and I kind of filled in the gaps on the rest of it, uh, not very well, but, um, Uh yeah, you never were, you never tried to, um, I don't know, make me deny it or, uh, you, 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 you made it clear back then it was a, it was a, it was a thing to be proud of. And, um, uh, I always appreciated that and, um, it still do, um, but I think, yeah, that was a tough position to be in when uh, you can't really teach somebody something you don't know. Um, yeah. Though people try. Um, yeah. But I, uh, I don't have any, um, uh, I don't know, issues with any anything, any of the ways that I was brought up. I, I look back pretty fondly on my childhood. Um, I remember a lot of, I just remember a lot of laughs and especially when you and me and Jody and Jen, when we could all actually be together and, you know, I just, you know, there was, I remember a lot of card games and, you know, it was just fun. You know, we all, and Jody and Jen, and they were always looking out for me. And I think a lot of times it was, you know, it was like my dad, he couldn't be with us a lot, but when he did, he made up for it. And I think I tried doing that, but Mm -hmm. I remember one time when, I was just working two jobs and um, never seen anybody. And so I went up to all of your schools and got you out of school, told you that, told the administration that you were, there was an emergency at home. Mm-hmm. And we went over and got pizza and went down to the Triangle and hung out and fed Seagull's Pizza. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, just for fun. I used to do that with BAMs to the point where they stopped even questioning me. Where, <laughs> you know, he got out of school at like three, and I would show up at one, and I'm like, "Yeah, I gotta, I gotta take him out." And they're like, "Does he have an appointment or something?" Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. You know, to, to the point where I would just walk in, and they would kind of just, you know, wave me. Yeah, in. yeah go ahead. You know, and it's just because I wanted to be around him. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was good life. There's tough times, but. We did do a lot of laugh and do a lot of things things together. Mm-hmm. We appreciated what we had and enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, that's about an hour 
we've already talked. Can you believe that? No. <laughs> yeah, that went fast. Yeah, I uh, I really appreciate you uh, being kind of open about all this in front of a bunch of people that, that are going to hear that. Do you have any, you feel weird about that at all? Uh, no. You know, when you started uh, first grade and you was worried about it, and I said, do you know, there's just 28 friends you haven't met yet. And mm-hmm. so you went to school feeling good about meeting 28 new friends. So that's why I think of strangers, just people I haven't met yet, friends I haven't met. <laughs> do you so. know that I remember that, like, vividly? Oh, I, <laughs> yeah, that's one of my earliest memories. I remember being terrified. And I remember yeah. thinking I was going to be the only new person. And you're like, you said, they're all new. <laughs> You know, yeah. they're all going to be new. Nobody knows anybody. It's just a chance to, to make friends and meet. And because uh, yeah. I think I was kind of shy back then. Like, yeah, um, you were very shy. Well, you were little. You're a little tiny kid. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember that. I remember that pretty well. And the other thing I remember about that day was I remember kind of waking up and and being and uh, I was looking around and I was like, where are my clothes? And you kind of said, like, well, you know, you're a big kid now. You can pick your own clothes. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell is going on here? I got to choose my own clothes and be about a bunch of weird people. Like, I don't – this doesn't sound good at all. But, it all turned out fine. Yeah. Uh, thank you for, for coming on and, on and um, being open and being on my podcast. I really appreciate it. Well, I feel honored to be your guest. Oh, okay. Have you have you listened to it at all? Yeah, I've listened to all of them. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, you're a supporter then. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes, sometimes I don't have to agree with everything, but right. I enjoy listening to everybody's views and stuff. And yeah, I enjoy them. It really became something else. Um, from what I intended it to be, but I actually like where it's going because yeah, uh, I think everybody has a story that, you know, they would like to, to be heard. And some people have really interesting stories and yeah, really hard stories. And, um, I think, uh, I think, uh, one guy said that being on here was almost therapeutic in a way, just oh. kind of <laughs> get some stuff that he's been carrying around a little bit. And, yeah, um, I can see that. Um, but I like doing it and I like as much as I don't love people a lot of the time I kind of love talking to people and yeah I think you love people more than you think you do probably more than I project that I do yeah yeah maybe (laughs) that's it yeah Um, okay um well thank you for uh calling me all the way from Missouri and uh being on the show all right thank you Bye. bye Hey everybody, how's it going? This is Gino Ray, the host of Native As I Can Be, Between Two Cultures. Welcome to the show. Uh, No show last week, as you diehard fans probably noticed. Um, We were in Sun River, Oregon, which is a little bit south of Bend. Uh, Just taking some some time... uh, you know, kind of recharge our batteries and just have a few days off to just not have a schedule and, you know, just lounge around looking at TV. And, um, it was good. Um, Sun River was cool. Ben's really cool. I didn't know 
anything about Bend before we got there. And uh, it seemed pretty cool. I'd like to go back and spend some more time there uh, sometime. Because um, I'd always wondered, like, I would be looking at bands touring and I would go, why are bands going to Bend, Oregon? You know, I thought Bend was kind of one of those places you just drove through on the way to someplace better. But turns out they got this huge, like, outdoor amphitheater and tons of uh, breweries and uh it's sunny like 300 days out of the year and i don't know looks like a cool place i'd like to go back and check it out uh, a little more sometime um so that's why there was no show last week um this week is uh um this will be a good episode this week i'm interviewing my mom uh, whose name is karen and as we are in the midst of adoption awareness month uh, which I mentioned a couple episodes back with uh, with uh, Ostrid Castro. Um, so, as I've mentioned a couple times, I have an older brother named Bill who was uh, who my mom placed for adoption. Uh, he would be my oldest brother, and uh, I think she was eighteen or nineteen at the time. I'll let her tell all that story, but. Um, you know, so I have an older brother who was placed on adop- for adoption, and then of course my younger brother Kobe was adopted, and um, he would actually, I mean, be my second cousin. Um, but he's my little brother, and that's what he's been uh, since he came into the fold. And I think he was two at the time, maybe three. But uh, so I thought I would just talk to my mom about. Uh, you know, the different, uh, emotions and, um, processes involved with placing a kid for adoption and, uh, and then of course adopting a a child later on, um, and just kind of, you know, see where her head was at, where her heart was at and, um, you know, how difficult the decision that was, uh, both times or either time. Um, So that's what we got going on this week. Um, I've got a couple leads on some interviews uh, about the Klamath tribe and termination. Got those coming up and I'm going to try and get those all uh, scheduled and squared away this week for next week's show. And uh, aside from that, um, yeah, it's good to be back uh, creating a new episode. I actually missed it last week i kind of missed just having this little uh outlet to just kind of talk and hear people's stories and you know what's funny is that uh i've been um uh labeled as maybe not the friendliest person in the world and i don't kind of go out of my way to make friends and i don't go out of my way to kind of talk to everybody i work with and things like that and that's all true. I don't do any of those things. Um, but I actually enjoy talking to people on uh, this podcast uh, platform. Uh, and so maybe it's not so much I'm not that friendly. It's maybe more I just don't love small talk. You know, I'm not that interested in people's route to work and that kind of thing. So. Maybe it's uh, I just need to elevate small talk to medium talk, and uh, maybe I'll come across a little friendlier. But 
Um, I just, I realized that a couple days ago that I like talking to people and, uh, I also do not like talking to people. So go figure. But anyways, um, so yeah, stay tuned. This is, um, native as I can be. My guest this week is my mom, Karen. Let's go. (laughs) 